Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's episode, I am having on Alex Light. She is a body confidence and anti-diet activist, as well as author of the book, You Are Not a Before Picture. Alex, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining. I'm so excited to have you on today and, you know, talk about your journey and talk about your book and just get to know you a little bit better. You know, I love the platform that you have built for your community, and I love the messages that you share with with us around you. And I just think it's such a beautiful message and something that I know that the community that we have with this podcast will certainly love to listen to. So I think you are such a perfect guest to have on. You know, I normally start these episodes by letting people get to know you better and share your story, but I feel like we're going to get to hear your story throughout this entire conversation. So rather, I'd like to start by, you know, asking about your book. You just published a book. And I think that's an excellent place to start. I want to ask, you know, why did you decide to go on this journey to write something? You know, what was the impetus for it? Totally. So I have been talking for a few years on Instagram. Sorry, my chair is like ridiculously offensively squeaky. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I've been talking on Instagram for a few years about body confidence and anti-diet culture. And and this was all as a result of of my own history, which was very much steeped in eating disorders and disordered eating and a very negative body image. And as I began to talk about it, I was speaking to a lot of women from across the world, which is really cool. But the question that I kept getting was, I really want to feel better about my body. But how? Like, how can I feel better about my body? And I started to, I, I got frustrated with this question on my end because I realized that there was just, I didn't have a full comprehensive answer for this. And 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 let's be honest, there isn't one. Like there is, you know, we are, we've been subject to so much conditioning over our lifetimes that that's a, it, that's a really hard thing to, to help you to, to get to a better place with your body. But there is a lot to it. And I realized that I just could not boil that down to a single reply on a DM. And I was like, I want to really get into the meat of this and get to the bottom of why we feel this way, why we are conditioned to hate our bodies and why we feel like we want to be thinner and like fit this standard. And I also want to call upon experts who are going to help me round this out so we've got a full overview of like this is how this is what we do to give ourselves the best chance of feeling better about our bodies so that is literally how it was born it was one day I think it was like the third message I I DM I'd received that day saying I really want to be at peace with my body like you but how and I was like I need to do something about this I need to do my research and I really need to get to to get to yeah the, the meat of this and and tackle why we feel this way because I think when we understand why we feel this way we've then we we put ourselves in a much better position to be able to get to a better place with our bodies yeah well you know let's go back to when you made that connection of 
I want to feel better about my body. How do I go on my personal journey to do that? You know, what was that spark that, you know, you said, I have to change the way that I, you know, view myself or, or I need to work on this aspect? Totally. Do you know what? This is such a hard question to answer because for me, the, the journey was a journey. I always say journey for like lack of a better word, but I don't I know, know what so word to give it. So journey, whatever. My journey to this was really long and complicated and convoluted. And I actually think that's important to acknowledge because I think a lot of the time we see like influencers on social media or we just would read stories or watch YouTube video- videos about people who are like, hey, I hated my body, but now I feel good about it and you can too. And it really simplifies and, and it's so, it, it, it simplifies the journey and it's just incredibly reductive. And I think it's important to acknowledge that actually this is incredibly difficult. Like from the moment that women especially become aware of our bodies, we become aware of the fact that they need to look a certain way, that way mm-hmm. being thin. And being thin is incredibly difficult for a lot of people to obtain. And thus we spend our lives trying to achieve it, you know, no matter the cost. This is so drummed into us and yeah. constantly reiterated and perpetuated that we end up in a place where it's we're really entrenched in, in diet culture, basically. So I think that's important to acknowledge as a bit of a tangent, but it's important to acknowledge that like the, the journey with this is not linear and that it's not like a destination either. It's not like or felt bad in my body and now I'm in a place where I feel really good about my body like it's probably something that's going to be more continuous than that because we still live in a world that you know screams at us that we need to look a certain way and be thinner and look better you know around that but for for me it was it was just constant chipping away at the conditioning that I had constant chipping away constant challenging questioning there were a few like little light bulb moments that were really like that, that felt quite pivotal. I remember looking at a woman who had a similar body to mine. And my first thought looking at her was, wow, she looks great. And then my second thought was, oh, hang on, her body is really similar to mine. So if I think she looks great, why don't I think I look great? Why can't I look great as well? And that was important. That was, that was really like vital for me in yeah. realizing that body image and how I feel about my body it's not much to do with my body. It's actually to do with my mind. Mm. And that's the key with body images is it's in the mind. And the work, feeling better about our body does not come from changing our body. It comes from changing our mindset and changing how we feel about our body. And so that was really important for me. And it was, I, I have to admit as well that I was able to access therapy, which I, I think is also very difficult in the States as well. It's yeah, it's really very difficult. hard here. Yeah. Very, very hard there, yeah, and quite difficult here as well. And I was lucky that with the, my my work at the time, I had access to private medical healthcare, so I was able to, you know, access therapy and access it for a sustained amount of time, which was really helpful. And I was able to see a dietitian as well. But I think, uh, along with those things, I think exposing myself to a, a completely like diverse array of bodies was mm. magic, absolutely magic. Because I didn't realize that I'd only ever seen one type, one standard of beauty shown at me. And that's the only message, that's the only imagery I'd really, and it's the same for all of us until recently, that's the only imagery we've 
we've yeah. really consumed and the media has held, like, held up to us as like, this is beautiful. This is what you need to obtain. And, and whenever we would see bigger bodies or plus size bodies, it would be in a context of this is them before. And like, we're about to see them like glow up, like get their glow up or like lose weight. We're about to see them after like, don't they, you know, it's always in a really negative context. And when I started to diversify my social media feed and expose myself to different shapes and sizes and races and genders and abilities, it really made me question what I thought was beautiful and opened my eyes up to what is beautiful, which at the end of the day is diversity because that what, that's yeah. what is beautiful. Like that's really cool. The fact that we all look so different, are so different, that our DNA is so different. Like that's amazing. And it's so warped that we're in a place where we only value one type of beauty. So that was really important for me. And at first, I have to admit that at first it was shocking. I did, I did find it shocking and confronting because I was like, I'm not, I'm just not used to seeing this, but I was desensitized to it so quickly. And mm. once you start to see the beauty in other places than what we've been told, than where we've been told beauty lies, then you're much more able to see the beauty in yourself as well. And so yeah. that really, in a, in a long winded way, ended up sort of getting me to a place where I was like, hang on, like, what is wrong with my body? Like, why can't I accept my body? Yeah. And and I, that was that, that's a big thing as well. Like to anyone listening who doesn't feel great about their body, like I think one of like the best things you can do is ask yourself why, yeah. you know, like why? Yeah. Why can't I accept it? What's wrong with it? Why? If my body was never to change again, if I was never to lose weight, if I was to stay this way or, so, you know, or whatever, why not? And that was really powerful for me in being like, actually, maybe it is okay. I love that. And I wanted to ask a quick, quick follow-up question about, you know, the point that you said you started surrounding yourself with, you know, more diverse images and a more diverse view of beauty. Was that about, you know, just in terms of like what somebody can, can do in their own lives, was that about, you know, making sure that your social media feed was, you know, felt more inclusive? Like, well, how did you go about doing that? Because we are inundated with these images all the time from, you know, monoculture that does say, you know, this is, this is the one image or whatever. So like, how do you go about cultivating that within your own community or your own social yeah. media feed or your own consumption of media? Totally. Well, obviously traditional media that's really hard to control and we don't we don't really have much control over that on an individual level but social media I think we I mean because initially I was following only thin women and thin and women that I was using as my like motivation and inspiration and they were all women that upheld society's extremely narrow standard of beauty they all fit into it they all upheld it and that was having a detrimental effect on me and curating that was super super powerful because realizing that I was only following people that looked one type of way I I was like hang on a second like this is not an actual cross-section of society like if I was to walk down the street I would not this is not who I'd see you know I'd see people that looked much different to that so why doesn't my feed not reflect that so social media I think is a fantastic place to start And then following on from that, like encouraging yourselves, you know, challenging yourselves to see beauty in 
people that you meet like day to day or people that you see on the street and and people that don't fit into that standard of beauty and challenging yourself because that challenge and I mean it, it's it's so weird like as humans we're so like we we're so quick to just go with the status quo and we don't challenge right. it we do, we just accept things we're just like it is what it is things are how they are like we we're we just don't challenge it which is crazy right isn't it it yeah. is so crazy and actually a lot of this is about challenging what we've been taught everything we know about body image about what body should look like I mean challenging even like I, I used to just think oh well it's just innate wanting to yeah. be thin is just innate like women just want to be thin like it's just a thing it's just how we are and that's not true yeah it's just not true and that's illustrated by the fact that in different cultures and different parts of the world fatness is celebrated you know so yeah. and throughout history as well throughout different points in history fatness has been celebrated it used to be a sign of wealth and health and fertility and you know thinness was seen as bad thing so I think just challenging all this stuff and everything we've been taught is right like really yeah. important yeah I can't even remember your question sorry I no you did answer it. no absolutely <laughs> you absolutely did in the process of writing your book what did you learn about yourself because obviously you know you had done a lot of work before reading this book you know you had yeah. put yourself on this journey where you learned a lot about yourself and you learned a lot about how you view society and you learned these really really important lessons but you know as you said this is a journey and it's a often a lifelong journey so I'm sure you learned a lot more in the process of writing the book you know so what are some of those things that you know you you found in yourself in the process of writing this guidebook mm. So I think what was interesting is that I really was surprised when I, I mean, the introduction is all about my journey and I was surprised to realize how far I'd come. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. I mean, you know what it's like when you're in things day to day and it's you and you're living it, you just don't really, it's hard to get perspective or like to like zoom out and see the wider yeah. picture. And it was quite shocking to me to realize where I used to be and yeah the thoughts I used to have and the views that I used to have like they're just it, it, they were so at odds with what I know now so I think that was the main thing but I was also I mean I did a ton of research for this because I was like I, I really I, I was adamant that I didn't want it to be like a kind of fluffy like self-help but like go feel good about yourself because I was like that is not what would help me and you know I think a lot of stuff on social media as well like people showing their bodies and saying like accept your flaws and um, flaws in in air quotes and embrace your imperfections and like that stuff is really important and it's important to see those bodies but for me the 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 crux of it is why do we why do we feel this way in the first place though why did we in the first place believe that they were flaws and that to me is what is super interesting and so the re that that was why I was in intent on doing this really detailed research, and I was like fascinated by the things that I found out and about the diet culture history. It's, it's just it's incredible, honestly. It's fascinating, like how Weight Watchers was was founded by this this housewife that was just like, oh, you know, she was sort of sick of her dieting ups and downs, so she like 
she got a group of girl of like w- other women together to like talk about it, and that's how Weight Watchers was formed. And yeah. there used to be there used to be munching parties where people would get together and chew their food for I think it was a hundred times per mouthful, so a hundred chews per mouthful, and that was supposed to help you lose weight. And I think that is like that fascinated me the the most but I do I think I I think I realized I I think I realized as well that looking at this journey in binary terms of like I was in a bad place now I'm in a good place or like I was ill and now I'm recovered I don't think that's helpful I really don't think that's helpful I think it's much better to imagine it's a more of a continuum and it's like not linear and like Sundays I'm going to feel great and then there are going to feel there are going to be days where I don't feel as great, and that's that's okay. Like that's just part of all of this, and yeah, that I think that was really that was because I'm a very all or nothing personality, like very very all or nothing. And <laughs> like if I have like one little lapse or like one day where I don't feel right. good, I'm like, well, I'm I'm back at square one. And, like I might not start And you're again, totally you know? not. I'm the same way. I like totally relate to that. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's obviously you're not a bit at square one like you've already gone through this whole journey it's like something that I continuously need to remind myself and it's funny because I did want to ask you this question and I think this is an appropriate time to ask so I in the vein of this conversation you know I am somebody who is falls into the mindset of like oh I always need to be bettering myself in some capacity right like I'm very type a in that way and I think that there are ways that that can be good like I you know, I think it helps me in a lot of ways. Like it helps me want to be a better person. But I also think that like there's always a negative side or like there can't be a negative side to it where you do, you know, it can manifest itself in harmful mindsets of like, oh, I'm not good enough right now. Yeah. And it's a hard, it's something that I personally struggle with, you know, like how do I balance between like allowing myself to want to be better, but then also understanding that you know I am good enough with who I am I mean how do you tell people how do you I mean how do you deal with that how do you how do you balance those two sides of the same coin you know yeah this is tricky I am everything you just said resonated with me because I'm exactly the same like I am very much like all or nothing perfectionist like I'm never doing well enough and this is really something that I've tried to and I've tried to tackle over the past few years because it, it actually was leading me to feel very burnt out and very mm-hmm. stressed and anxious. And I think one of the things that that ties into this body journey is that like the lack of compassion that we have for ourselves. We have so much compassion and, and empathy for other people. But we have such a glaring lack for ourselves and the way that we talk to ourselves is is so shocking. And something that I always come back to, and this, I, I find that I can apply this across like so many different areas of my life. What I always come back to is like if someone was saying, if my friend or my mom or my sister was saying, or my husband was saying this to me, what would my response be? Yeah. Would it be, well, no, actually, you're not good enough, like, do better. Unlikely, no. Like, you would never say that. You'd be like, hey, you're doing so well. You're trying your best and all we can do is try our best. Yeah. So, like, afford yourself that that grace and that compassion and the space to just be okay, you know? Yeah. And, like, 
yes, I might not be the very best at this and I might not be doing this to the best of my capabilities. But if I apply that to all areas of my life, I'm not going to survive <laughs> literally you just literally won't be able to survive and sure. you know we just we we cannot we can't live our lives like that so I mean I'm saying this as some I don't want to sound like I'm preaching because I'm absolutely like still working yeah. through this stuff myself sure. but I always come back to that like what would I say to someone else and yeah. then I and then that taps into the self-compassion for me then then I'm like oh okay actually then I can come at it from a much different angle so sure. I think that's a good tool and it's a good yeah. tool across like everything as well like body stuff you know the things yeah. that we say to ourselves it can be so awful like god I'm disgusting like I'm gross and like would you ever say that to someone else you'd be like no you look great you look fine like let's go and have a great time like who cares you know so I do think that's a really a good a good technique absolutely no it's so important to you know like you said just have compassion for yourself because oh we we can be so mean to ourselves and you know I think a lot of that and especially for people who are you know, of our generation who did grow up with the 90s diet culture and like a lot of that like monoculture media that did feed us, you know, very thin, very, you know, diet heavy, like you need to lose weight. Like we were fed a lot of that imagery of those talking points. Like it was very, very much you and I were in the same generation. We were very much surrounded by it. Right. Yeah. It's so like in your research in this book, you mentioned this, that like, you know, you are uncovering a lot of where that originates from and and how it manifests itself. So I want to ask, you know, how how did you start extracting yourself from that culture that we grew up in mm-hmm. and in, into where you are now? Because it is like I find myself too, you know, it's like it's really growing up with all of that in our heads it's hard to like pull that out of your head because we grew up with it so ingrained in us right it's so hard isn't it it's so it's honestly it's so hard and it's one of those things where once you start to see it you see it everywhere yeah it's everywhere like diet culture is absolutely everywhere and it can be very difficult to pull yourself out of it and like separate those thoughts but I, I think and also I can still like, if I'm around people who are very much diet culture focused and talking about being like in shape and like, I need to lose weight or I've got to like be thin for this event and like, you know, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on a lean journey or, or you know, yeah. things like this. I find myself sort of getting sucked into it a little bit and thinking, mm. oh, I feel like my bubble's being burst a little bit, you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh God, is this, is this how I should be thinking too? But I always come back to like, hang on, what's the he- what's the healthy perspective here? Like what's mm-hmm. actual, genuine, true health? And that's nourishing my body, like not going on a diet, you know, yeah. keeping myself, not being obsessed with how I look because it actually doesn't matter. It is the least interesting thing about us. Yeah. The, but but the, the messaging is still everywhere in the media. It's absolutely everywhere. And it's really hard to get away from. And I think this is practice as well. I think a lot of it is practice and practicing practice in recognizing it because like I said before like with humans we're just like we just go along with things we're just like yeah "Yeah, cool this is this is just how it is it always has been like a whatever like 
And I think a lot of it is, 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 yeah, it's just, it's just practicing it. And like, once you, it does snowball, like once you start to see it, you can, you can then you, you pick up on it everywhere. And then like a great question is to be like, is this healthy? Is this actually genuinely healthy? And if you separate out weight from health, which everyone should do because weight does not equate to health and there are, you know, it's incredibly, health is incredibly nuanced and it's so unbelievably reductive to put it down to weight which is what both of our healthcare systems do they yeah. revolve around a very weight normative approach and so if you if you extract if you take those two apart and see health as different from weight and then ask yourself like is is this healthy that when you feel like you're going to get sucked into something like some diet culture be like is this actually healthy is this actually going to enrich my life and improve my health or am i being sucked into diet culture yeah. Um, but having said all of that, like it's so easy to get sucked in. And I just want to say that for anyone who doesn't, who feels like, you know, I, I often have women saying like, I feel so stupid. Like I did this and I, I should have known better. And I just, I, I don't think any of us need to feel stupid or need to blame ourselves. Like this has been, we've been yeah. bombarded with this messaging from literally from day dot from of our existence. Yeah. So it's not going to go overnight. We're not going to just get rid of it overnight. The, br- the brain doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. it's not our fault. It's the fault of a culture that's very much just ridden with, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the fault of a society that's very much ridden with diet culture and a, a patriarchal society that yeah. very much allows that to thrive and exist. So it's no one's fault. And again, coming back to like compassion and affording yourself grace and, and, and letting yourself sort of take this journey bit by bit and not thinking you have to go like you know I have to like eliminate all this messaging I'm not going to get sucked in you know it's just it's it's more of a journey than that I think sure yeah no I think you're absolutely right um I want to ask about you know Gen Z and what you view Gen Z as growing up being surrounded by because I think in a lot of ways we've made improvements you know we we do have you know, social media has allowed more people to, you know, voice their concerns about diet culture like yourself. And social mm. media does allow, you know, a more diverse view of beauty to 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 come into the fold. But, you know, it's yeah. it's never perfect. And like you said, this is still a journey. So, you know, I do worry about Gen Z and like what sort of images they see. You know, what what do you see Gen Z going through? right now because you are on social media you are talking to people a lot you know like what what's the younger generation dealing with this is really hard this is hard to answer because I am in a bubble as well with what I do and I very much see all the positive steps that we're making like traditional media is really making an effort like people doubt the intentions but forgetting the intentions it's traditional media is really making an effort to be diverse and we are seeing more diversity than ever and that is fantastic and that can only be a good and positive thing for the younger generations and we are talking about diet culture a lot now and we're talking about body positivity and self-acceptance and that is so great and I feel like that generation has access to another narrative to an alternative narrative that we never did for us it was like you've got to be thin like thinness is everything like 
heroin chic era, like yeah. supermodels. Yeah. Like you just have to be thin. If you're not thin, you're not worthy. Like that was the messaging that we grew up with. Whereas there is much more diverse messaging now around body image and, and body ideas. But this bubble that I'm living in, then I, sometimes I feel like it's it's burst when I go onto TikTok and I see like Tumblr 2.0, you know, like yeah. Tumblr was full of like thin inspiration and like basically anorexia propaganda. Yeah. And I see a lot of this on TikTok and a lot of people sending me videos and there are like tre trends on TikTok of like trying to fit your headphone wire around your waist or trying to fit your waist behind an A4 piece of paper. And I mean, TikTok video, TikTok is now like full of what I eat in a day videos and yeah, like Usually that those what I eat in a day video starts with like body checking and the the girl in the in the video is like really thin. Yeah. So I actually don't know the answer because it yeah. feels quite it feels quite dichotomous. I don't I don't know is the is the answer, but I'm really hoping that with everything we know now and also with how, you know, parents are really getting to grips with how to talk about talk to their children about mm -hmm. their bodies about their, both their children's bodies and their bodies and they're really learning there's a lot of more education now around how to how to deal with that conversation and and how to allow your children to grow a better body image so I I, I really would like to think that things are really going in a positive direction yeah. and yeah I do I do think that I think there will always be a subset there will there will always be like a world where this kind of stuff does exist and there will always be body ideals you know as we see like like five years ago it was all about having a big bum I like him yeah. you know the Kardashians yeah. and now like they're having their BBLs reversed and yeah. now it's it's looking like we're going to, towards like thinner again and I do think yeah. body ideals will always exist but we have a counter narrative now and that counter and, and that is really loud and we are making a lot of noise and yeah. I think that can only be a good thing. Sorry, I don't have like a definitive answer to your question. No, but I think I, I actually think like got one. chilled towards the end because, you, you know, I do think it is important that we do have like a counter narrative and that counter narrative is loud, you know, and we just we just right. didn't have that before. And, or I but, guess the proper thing that I should say is like we. That counter narrative might have been there, but they didn't have the channels to voice. Exactly. Or, how they thought you know like and now exactly there, there were there were fat acceptance movements and, and fat acceptance groups but they were kind of yeah screaming into the abyss you know yeah. whereas uh, with now with social media we can take control of our own narrative we can drive our own narrative and we can get people to listen we can get like people in authority to listen which is why media has started to show so much diversity because they know they have to yeah, which is which is great, you know. So I just I feel like things really, really are changing. I just don't know whether we'll be able to eliminate everything, yeah. you know, and how quickly it's going to happen. But in general, yeah. positive. Okay. <laughs> a few follow up questions on social media in general. Obviously, you have a platform mm -hmm. uh, that yes. you use for good, and 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 you create a very positive community around you. However, you know, social media is not always not always positive and I know sometimes it can be hard to be on social media I am sure you know so what yeah. struggles do you find with using your own social media platform because you know it's mm. it's hard it can be hard yeah how long have you got it is difficult I guess and when you are speaking to a lot of people 
there are going to be lots of different opinions. I am much, much better now. I mean, initially, and my account in during the pandemic kind of went viral and there was a lot of people that came all at once and a lot of eyes on my page and a lot of people wanting to criticize my body. And that was really difficult as someone who, and this is like three years ago now, you know, I've come a long way since then, even in just those three, three years, come a long way with my body. And as someone who had, been, had an eating disorder for a really long time and and whose inner critic had been so prevalent, like so, so at the forefront of my mind forever, that really hurt people coming in and saying things about my body and how yeah. I looked. That really, really hurt. And there was a lot of, I was triggered a lot. And you know what? Funnily enough, now I was talking about someone about this the other day. People can try and say stuff now and it just, Anything about my body is just like water off a duck's back because I know that whatever they're saying is everything to do with them and nothing to do with me. It's an entirely a projection of their own insecurities, their own issues, their own warped views around body. And like, I just don't care, you know. Yeah. I mean, a man said to me the other day, like, you'd look so much better if you, you'd be so much prettier if you lost 10 pounds. And I was like, prettier to who? Yeah. Pretty a random you. stranger on the internet that I, I don't, don't care. care. About. <laughs> yeah, my existence is not to is not to make you attracted to me, or isn't yeah. or is not for me to be attractive. I don't care what you think. Yeah, I'm on here. I'm on this social media platform not to be attractive to anyone, but to like get my messaging out there and get my views out there, and, and like hopefully help people feel better about their body. So things like that, I just don't care about anymore. I mean, there is always stuff though. Like there will always be things that get me you know when people sort of criticize my work that really hurts or if people mention my family or my husband like that sends me into a blind rage yeah as you can imagine but unfortunately on social media you have to have a thick skin which is sad but it's just it's part and parcel of being on social media I mean like how do you balance that because it is a part of your your job and your calling you know to be on there like how do you yeah at what point do you say, like, I need a break. I need to turn my phone off. Like, this is not good for me. Because yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with knowing when to put the phone down. Totally. Yeah. And I'm not good at this. Okay. I'm really not good at this. <laughs> like, as we've said, I'm like you. I'm very all or nothing. So yeah. I am like, I will go, go, go until and, and I'll be like constantly doing stuff constantly 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 working I'll go 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 until I can't go anymore and then I'll crash and then I'll like have a a, like an unintended few days completely off social media because I just literally can't take it so I am not good at this I feel like I'm not like best place to like give any advice on this or answer this because I do need to work out more how to strike the balance between like living online and living offline it's yeah. so hard because it's just it's so constant it's so immediate and it's it's like it's just just glued to you all the time you know mm-hmm. we have like we have like our phones now like people watches and it's just yeah. it's it's constant so I find I do find that really difficult yeah I mean it's now just like a part of our identities in a lot of ways you know it's like totally. impossible to remove yourself from and it's yeah it takes up a lot of energy and you know it so does. I certainly yeah. don't have a platform like you. I, I try to stay away from Instagram as much as possible only because I don't Do find that it I don't find that it works well for my mental health or personality. It just I don't right. 
Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I have platforms, but my platforms operate in different ways. Like I have this, I have the yeah. site, you know, that I can write on. I, yeah, yeah. social media just, I don't know. It doesn't really work for, for me. I, I find it to be really yeah. hard to like interact with. So, right. And that's good that you know that and you set your boundary then and you can just like keep your distance from it. I think that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. To be able it's, to recognize that. Yeah. yeah. So what is your hope for the next generation? You know, we kind of talked about Gen Z, but like, and Gen Z is making so much progress. So like, what's the next generation hopefully going to encounter? You know, what, what does the world look like in, in another 10, 20 years? I would just love for women predominantly because women bear the burden of body standards. I would love for women to just be living their lives free of concern about how they look because we have been brought up thinking that the most valuable thing about us is how we look. And if we're not thin and we're not pretty, then we're not worthy and we're not desirable or successful or lovable. And that myth has really caused too many generations now to spend their time focused on something that actually is like really arbitrary. Because at the end of the day, like what is your legacy going to be? Like there's a really like famous Instagram quote now that has been everywhere, but I love it. And it's like, so nobody is going to stand up at your funeral and say she had a small waist and a great thigh gap, right? And how spot on is that? Because yeah. who, like, in, like, no one's going to remember you for that. And that's not why people like you. That's yeah. not why people want to be around you because of how they, you look. They want to be around you because of how you make them feel, because like how caring you are or funny or kind or like what a good friend you are or yeah. sister, mother, whatever. And... We, it's warped how far away we are from that in our culture, from how, how distant we are from knowing what is really genuinely enriching to our lives and fulfilling. And that's connections. Like that's what makes us happy at the end of the day. Like we're social animals, like connection is what makes us happy and thriving, not how we look. Yet we spend so much time and effort focused on how we look and trying to like better ourselves and fix our cell you know fix our cellulite or yeah get a smaller waist and it's just an absolute bs waste of yeah. time so i guess the dream would be for like total body neutrality yeah. where how you look does not impact how you live and just just doesn't impact your life and then we get to focus on the really like the cool and the important stuff and then yeah. and women get to achieve more because you know diet culture as well and the 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 myth of of thinness being the key to happiness really keeps women small and quiet and obedient and keeps us focused on other things and stops us from dismantling the patriarchy because we are you know, and there's a there's a great quote from Christy Harrison, who's a, a dietitian and she's she's a fantastic person in this in the body image space. And her quote is, "You can't smash the patriarchy on an empty stomach." No, <laughs> it's that. brilliant. It's yeah. so true. It's so spot on, and it's 
it, yeah, it allows the the patriarchy to thrive. And I think so. Yeah, I, I just I just hope that we are one day like released of this like prison of body standards and beauty yeah. standards, yeah. and just allowed to live and look exactly how we want to. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying that, I I I just think about all the energy and time wasted in my own life about like trying to you know fit a standard and it it, totally it's really sad when you think about how much time is spent on something that doesn't really matter time and capacity as well and you know I do have to caveat all this as well with like we also I don't want this to sound like you shouldn't care about how you look because sure you can do whatever you want right we've all got body autonomy and like I love makeup like beauty is one of my like passions yeah it's one of my the favorite things in my life like makeup if you took makeup away from me I'd be devastated I'd be like I absolutely cannot do this without makeup like it's what I look forward to every day yeah so like I I think that's important to note as well is that people can look however you want to look and you can express yourself yeah you know through how you look however you want I just think the important thing to question is why you know am I doing this because I want to like adhere to a certain standard Mm -hmm. of beauty or am I doing this because I really genuinely enjoy it? And I think it's just like a cool, like a, a really great thing to ask yourself is like, just question like, why? why? What's at the root of it? Yeah. I mean, that's like a really great like therapy question too that they teach you. It's like, always ask yourself like, why, 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 yeah. why until you get to the end. So yeah. no, I think it's great advice. And I think it's something that, you know, we should all, we should all take into our own lives. And, and, I, and I think it, it works well here. I think it works well in a lot of, you know, areas of life you know just make sure you're questioning like is this for yourself speaking of for yourself we are now at the section where I get to ask you all of your favorite things you just said makeup so now I have to know yes tell me about (laughs) all of your makeup favorites because I I I love hearing about I I I have recently started to get back into makeup because after the pandemic I'm just I want to have fun again like let's do it so give me all of your makeup favorites (laughs) okay 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 where do I start so I think my favorite, I love mascara. Can't live without mascara. It's like one product that I would never be able to live without. And like, I know it's not cool any, anymore to wear like tons of mascara. Like it's, it's more of that like glossy lash lip. Sure. Like just like, yeah. yeah, like barely there. But I love like more than mascara, the better. <laughs> I like it big and clumpy and like loads of it. And my favorite ever mascara is the It Cosmetics Superhero Mascara. Mm-hmm. Which is magic. You only need you only need one coat for like serious volume and length, and then I apply like four more because <laughs> that's just how I like it. So I love that. I think like that's one of my favorite ever products. I love a cream bronzer. Like I'm obsessed yeah. with cream bronzer. I don't think I can ever go back to pra- to powder bronzer. And I do love the Chanel Tante Soleil. I mm. think it's really gorgeous. But Elf does a really nice dupe, and I love a cream blush. I'm I'm I've jumped Elk on the Rare Beauty bandwagon. Um, yeah it's super pigmented right it's like you just need like a little bit (laughs) (laughs) tiny I made that mistake of like I look like a clown at the end of it (laughs) so I love that too and lips do you know what I'm not like a huge fan of a lipstick I don't do that much I put like a little bit of a of like a neutrally like nudie pink on but like I don't really I'm all about the eyes like I love to do loads with the eyes and then the lips quite neutral okay so, and yeah. and then what what are some of your other you know what are some of your other parts of your beauty routine like how do you take care of your skin 
Yes. So I so I I feel like I've had a real like journey with my skincare because I was a beauty editor as well for yeah. uh, for a long time, and I I feel like I've tried like every product, every ingredient under the sun. And at one point in my life, my skincare routine was like twelve steps in the morning, twelve steps in the evening, and I've now pared that right down. And I just okay. I I use vitamin C. I like the I love the skin SkinCeuticals CE Ferulic, but it's mega expensive. But Garnier have a great new skin vitamin C serum, which has really okay. recently come out that's really like affordable. La Roche-Posay, I love their SPF and Thelios. And then in the evening, I like a retinol. I like Medicaid Crystal Retinol and Clinique Moisture Surge or Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair are my favorites. Okay. So really simple. And then and then for cleanser, I love CeraVe hydrating cleanser. Yeah, it's a classic. And a classic. And Bioderma micellar water. And then that's all. That's it. That's all I use. I like try yeah. and keep it really simple. I used to do all sorts. I, I even used to have like a, an at-home needling pen <laughs> and like all sorts. But I just try and keep it like super yeah. simple now. Yeah. 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 So the last question I want to ask you is how do you take care of yourself as a whole? You know, we 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 love asking this question on this podcast because I think it's so illuminating to see like how people yeah. like the areas that people prioritize in themselves, like whether it's sleep, meditation, you know, I think it says a lot about people. So how do you choose to take care of yeah. yourself? So I do struggle with meditation because I kind of struggle to keep still and <laughs> do nothing. <laughs> there is there is one form of meditation called yoga nidra, which I really like. And it's like a body scan. And I like that because I feel like I'm doing, I still feel like I'm still doing something and it keeps me engaged and sort of stimulated. So I do like that. My main thing though is guided breathing. That's something that I discovered a couple of years ago and has absolutely like stuck with me. I, the power of breathing is just yeah. unbelievable. And I was such, I was so skeptical about it. And it's like, like it, whatever, like how can that actually help me? And that is amazing. I've got this app called Breathwork. So every morning I do three minutes and then every evening I do three minutes. And then if I'm like feeling anxious at some point in the day or I just need to take out like even just a minute will will help me. So that's really important. And then I've got a Peloton. Um, I like I am so bad with exercise in that I really struggle to like get out of the house and do it right. because I find that like that requires too much, too many steps, too many too much effort like yeah I'm gonna book a class and then what if something comes up last minute and I can't get to the class yeah. or you know I just find it difficult and I can't run I can't run I hate that it's so boring like I feel like I'm just gonna like I'm not lose runner, my mind so, I can't yeah. do that no hey. it's like so boring so the Peloton has kind of changed my exercise routine I really 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 like it have you got one I don't have a Peloton but I am yeah. somebody who will book a cycling class yeah. and I go in Is waves it? like where I like you know, I'll go to a class and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I forgot how good I feel after, you know, right? like being in a class and getting my heart rate up and all that sort of stuff. And then I go through ways where I like am really consistent with it. And then, and yeah. then life happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, <laughs> that I has know. to go on the back burner for a while. And then, you know, you get back into it eventually. So it all, you know, it all evens out, but it's difficult, no. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But is it soul cycle you do over there? I do soul cycle because, you know, soul cycle is the biggest in New York and yeah. it has the most studios. There's one right by me and there's one right by the office that I work at. So it's just, it's easier. Love and it, then yoga. Have, okay, nice. Yeah. We we have, well, Soul, Soul, I did, I've actually done a class 
a Soul Cycle class, one in New York and one in LA. Yeah. And then Soul Cycle came to the UK as yeah. well. And we've got something just called Cycle here. Okay. But there is nothing like, because obviously, like the Brits were much more reserved, were more like low key. So in the sessions, it's not quite as like hyped up. And sure. I love them in, <laughs> in the States, though. I love it. Like, I, I love that energy. It's so good. So I took I'm my... coming to New York actually in a couple of weeks. I'm definitely going to book a session. Yeah. But good. I, I took my boyfriend to a Soul Cycle class. And, you know, we were mentioning earlier, he's British. And he was like, what did I just go to? <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> he was like, what? What's that? I was like, I know, I know. It, it, it's, it's a special own little thing. <laughs> you, have to, you have to lean in. You just you got to lean in. You have to lean in. You have yeah. to lean in. It is ridiculous. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, listen, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun. I loved chatting with you. And, you know, I just, I, I really love the work that you are putting out there and putting out to the universe and, you know, really trying to get your message out there. I think it is so, so important. So thank you so, so much for joining me oh. today. And I just, you know, all of my listeners, I, I really, really encourage you to go follow Alex, have her on your feed, go buy her book, and we will make sure to put everything in the show notes. So it's all easy for you guys. So thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I've absolutely loved chatting to you. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights, or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time. 